Opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of the respective program contributors and do not necessarily reflect views held by the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Thank you, everybody, for coming. I'm going to give out the opening CEU, and that is 17176. Once again, the CEU is 17176. All right, everybody, thank you for coming today to of the CENTO Showdown presentation. And my name is Aaron Espinoza. I serve as Director 2 for the ACB students at the national level. I'm from California. And uh, let me give out where you can find us if you like what you hear and if you have any feedback for us. So you can find us on Facebook at ACB Students, American Council of Blind Students, and on Twitter at ACB Students. And now I'll pass it over to our friend, the Central Showdown, and take it over, guys. Thank you, Aaron, and thank you, ACB folks, for having us a second time on this Thursday. And to you for joining us today, or if you are listening into the archives later. So we'll just go ahead and introduce ourselves before we jump into the material we'll be covering today. So my name is Carlos Martinez. I am from Los Angeles, California. I am a former UC Irvine alum. So I majored in psychology and social behavior, uh, graduated in 2017, and I'm actually grateful to have a job there now. In my capacity, I serve as the office coordinator for UC Irvine's Summer Edge programs. And in that role, I help serve over 400 students, newly admitted freshmen and transfer students that are looking to get an early start during the summertime before this, the rush of fall quarter. It's great to be here with you today. And lastly, my pronouns are he, him, his. And I will go ahead and pass it on over to Gable. Hi, everybody. My name's Gable Mead. My pronouns are he, him, his. And online, I go by Blindside Blue. I am from Iowa, and I am currently entering my senior year as a creative writing and English major with a minor in history. And I am currently looking into applying to grad schools to hopefully uh, eventually become a creative writing professor at a university or college. Alex, would you like to go next? My name is Alex Vasquez, also known as Baronson Online, and I'm currently not employed right now, but hopefully I could find a job soon after this whole pandemic is over. And now I'll pass it over to Dexter. Hi, my name is Dexter Roberts. I go by your sins online. I'm currently not employed. I used to work at Coca-Cola for almost 20 years. And my social, if you would like to follow me, uh, uh, twitter.com slash your sins. And on Twitch, it's twitch.tv slash your sins. And I'll pass it back to Carlos. Thank you all for sharing a little bit about yourselves. We do have one other member who was unfortunately unable to join us today, but we would like to introduce you to him as well. His name is Carlos Vasquez, and he's from Texas, and he works with seniors providing rehabilitation services. He also uh, is a member of a band and also is on Twitch, if you would like to follow him. That's at OBS Rattlehead, spelled R-A-T-T-L-E-H-E-A-D. And really just the leader of this team, um, putting together the Cento Showdown team, that is all of us here uh, coming to you and presenting this, this topic of the day, which is live accessible 
demonstrations of video games that we've all found to uh, enjoy and play both on our own and with each other. So as you can tell, some of you may be joining us as a continuation from our first discussion. So we would like to cover some basic information to begin all of this. We do again plan to take questions at the end. So we ask that you hold your thoughts until then. We'd be happy to discuss with you. But once again, we have all the team here to help round out those discussions. And we are certainly happy again that, that we can bring all of this information for, for the first time, uh, just as a group of friends, again, really looking to share our experiences and encouraging others to do the same. So a little bit about us once more as a team. So when Rattlehead was looking to put together a tournament for blind and visually impaired players, we all sort of collectively came together and thought about the probably the most accessible genre of, of games that we've played. And so we, we sort of landed on making that to be a fighting game and specifically Mortal Kombat in the Mortal Kombat series. And we sort of came together and, and realized that it's not just the fighting game genre, it's other genres as well that have sort of these patterns, this overlap of accessibility and how to outline it for folks, how to bring it to you in a palpable way. So that is the reason for this presentation. And we just want to reiterate those goals for you today. So the first thing we do aim to educate, that is sort of the purpose of coming together, again, providing you with this overview of how text-to-speech and the various gameplay features work hand-in-hand to make an accessible experience, a playable experience. The second goal that we have for you today is to empower. So, and it may vary based on your field and your capacity, but essentially finding your call to action. So sharing your experience today with friends or loved ones to explore your interest in video games or in digital accessibility in general. The goal being that you become a resource for someone who can benefit from your knowledge. And the last thing we obviously want to entertain, we want to remind folks that accessibility is an ongoing process across different fields, but video gaming in particular should be fun. We should be welcoming these experiences with each other and just having these discussions as we go. And with that, we're going to go ahead and jump right into this. So last time we sort of talked in depth about the different Xbox games that exist that cover the spectrum of accessibility. And we have one more video actually that we would like to show that sort of rounds out our discussion about the Xbox console and the Xbox games that exist. And then we would go into the PlayStation side of things. So to round out this final video, we're gonna go ahead and pass it on over to Alex and he will introduce our first video of the day. Go ahead, Alex. Okay, so this video is gonna be Killer Instinct, uh, just a heads up. This will reference MK11, which was in our first day of this presentation. Hopefully the archives are up soon so you can go back and listen to both so you can kind of get an idea of, of what's going on. Uh, but Killer Instinct came out in 2013. It was a launch title for the Xbox One and it has some really good sounds and really good like spatial 3D audio so you can tell what's going on at all times. And uh, let's see, let's check out this video. Hey guys, this is Berenson. Today we will be demonstrating Killer Instinct and some of the mechanics that are found within the game, such as combo breakers, lockouts, shadow counters, and counter breakers. For this demo, 
It is Jago versus Thunder. Thunder is being controlled by me, Baronson. And Jago is being controlled by Rattlehead. Like MK11, Killer Instinct also has an announcer. But this announcer is present all throughout the match. Letting you know different mechanics that have been activated. The music also helps you know what's going on. When someone gets a counter breaker, the music switches. Or when someone gets a combo, it also changes. That was a counter breaker attempt, which failed. Shadow moves hit within uh, Shadow moves hit with a succession of five times. So you have to break it. Jago took the first round. There was a combo breaker. If someone gets a counterbreaker, the opponent is stunned for a while before they can come break again. Okay, Sander took the second round. Final round of the fight. There's Mike letting us down. That was a shadow counter. There was an instant cancel. Thunders allows him to dash repeatedly. And the dash is invincible. There it was, sounds like a, like a crow. Now Jake was in danger, you can tell by the music. And Thunder wins that match. Okay, so that was Killer Instincts, a very fun fighting game, but it's a lot of uh, chaos going on. It's kind of hard to tell what's going on if you don't uh, if you don't play it uh, that much. Even for me, when I when I uh, when I don't play it often enough, I'm like, wait, what what is going on? I have to I have to recalibrate my my head, my mind to go back into KI mode whenever I play it. Uh, so yeah, you saw there's a lot of like audio cues. There's a uh, there's some for your meter. The softer one is your meter. The 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 loud one is your instinct which whatever character you are has a, a different instinct. There's different sound effects for uh, the characters. Jago's is all punches and Sunders is all like 
he uses two tomahawks to fight, so you hear little like axe kind of hits whenever he uh whenever he, he hits someone. And uh, as for the shadow uh, the shadow moves, you have to break them. You have to break. They hit they hit about five times, so you have to break them within the times that they're hitting you. You have to break them. You have to break three times. You have to hit the, the right button three times in a row so you can break them. But yeah, with that, I'll pass it back to Carlos. Thank you, Alex. Yes, so as as Alex was saying there, so definitely the idea that muscle memory plays a huge role in getting used to video gaming is indeed the case, like it is with things, for example, like music. Any kinesthetic sort of activity, right? You're looking at getting the most out of your experience with practice. So hopefully, yes, you were able to catch on to some of those patterns and again, invite you to check out that first archive to make those those uh, comparisons for yourself. With that, we uh, conclude our showings of the Xbox side. Again, you can catch the first three videos in that first showing. And now we're going to go ahead and move on to the PlayStation here. So we had a question during our first presentation about some of the similarities and differences across the console. So that is sort of what we're going to be tackling here and a little bit of a history for you on how the PlayStation came to be. So the console was released in Japan in 1994 by Sony and then worldwide in the following year. So it's been on the market for a good 26 years now. And they've had some time to release different consoles all throughout the early 2000s and sort of following the trajectory that all of these video game consoles have been doing, which is integrating all these different features from media browsing, web browsing, using streaming services, and eventually getting to those accessibility features, which we're highlighting today. So I believe that just to give us a little bit more context about what our first video entails, I'm going to go ahead and pass it on over to Dexter so he can share with you what we can expect to see. Go ahead, Dexter. All right. In this following video, which was done by Carlos Vasquez, Rattlehead, he's going to be doing an overview of the PlayStation as he did as well as with the, the Xbox. And what he's going to be covering is the accessibility, um, the home screen, the media and games tab, the control center, which the control center replaces the quick menu that was found on the PS4, and searching for games and sending game invites to your friends. So we'll check this video out right now. Hi, this is Carlos, aka Rattlehead, here with you once again. The Central Showdown team and I will now provide a general overview of the accessibility enhancements found on the PlayStation 5. Previously, we looked at the Xbox, which was the leading example of console accessibility. Now the latest generation of PlayStation has arrived with newly improved features for players who are blind. Let's begin! The fifth generation of PlayStation, the PS5, now comes with a fully integrated screen reader. Other accessibility options for low vision, deaf and hard of hearing, and other physical disabilities have been upgraded as well. For the sake of this video, once again we will focus on accessibility options for players who are completely blind. Let's begin by browsing some of these options using the screen reader. Accessibility. Accessibility. Display. Button. 
Press cross to select. Screen reader. Button. Press cross to select. Controllers. Button. Press cross to select. Closed captions. Button. Press cross to select. Chat transcription. Button. Press cross to select. Display. Screen reader. Button. The screen reader reads aloud the text on the screen, and provides spoken guidance for operating the console. This works only with some features. Enable screen reader. On. Speech speed. Normal. Button. Press cross to select. Voice type. Female. Button. Press cross to select. To move, press the up and down buttons. Female. Selected. The voice volume. 58%. The PlayStation 5 features a main screen or dashboard organized by columns and rows. This dashboard includes two main tabs that you cycle through using the L1 and R1. These two tabs are games and media respectively. The layout is linear and easy to navigate. Let's first cycle through Your while focus home. is on games Your tab. Home. Search. Settings. Carlos Vasquez's profile. Your games game library. Home for Carlos Vasquez. The Last of Us Remastered. Virtua Fighter 5 Ultimate Showdown. Share Factory Studio. Mortal Kombat XL. Mortal Kombat 11. The Last of Us Part 2. Media Gallery. Resident Evil 6. Explore. PlayStation Store. Home for Carlos Vasquez. Button. Now let's browse while focus is on media and notice the difference. Games Home. Your Media Home. Search. Settings. Carlos Vasquez's profile. All apps. TV and video. Prime Video. Apple TV. Netflix. App Library. The PlayStation 5 has a unique search feature allowing us to search for games, media, players, and other content in one place. Search for games and add-ons. On-screen keyboard. B capital. M capital. M U O period space space period space backs shift underscore change to at m capital j cap k capital k capital i o o l k comma m m j apot slash a d c v b g d s a slash a e r t t b m Comma, here, space, space, at, o, nine, at, sub, one, one, zero, nine, done, done. To move, pr Mortal Kombat 11, aftermath expansion, purchased. The control center is a unique feature that holds additional menu options otherwise not available on the main dashboard. It also serves as a shortcut to other menus that are found in the settings options of the PlayStation 5. Control Center for Carlos Vasquez. Controls. Game Base. 4 of 11. See what your friends are up to, and join voice chats and play games with them in parties. 19 of your friends are online. Button. Press cross to select. 
To navigate the controls, use the left button and right button and press the cross button to select. You can customize your controls with the options button. The control center is customizable as you are able to choose the menus you wish to add or remove. Note that items marked as checked will appear while items that are not checked will not appear on the window. Customize your control center. You can customize your control center. Select which controls you want to access quickly. Game base. Selected. Button. Music. Not selected. Button. Broadcast. Selected. Button. Accessibility. Selected. Button. Network. Not selected. Button. Sound. Selected. Button. Mic. Selected. Button. Press cross to select. One of the most important accessibility enhancements that the PlayStation 5 received was the ability to send game invites independently using the screen reader. Just like the Xbox, we will use Mortal Kombat 11 as an example to showcase how we can now send game invites to friends. Search. Explore. Home. Mortal Kombat 11. Mortal Kombat 11 Conquer Fight Local Tournament Online Ranked Set Casual versus Private 1 versus 1. Invite players. To move, press the up, down, left, and right buttons. Friends. 18 friends online. Blind on Daniel Mil Indi Jeff Jeff Caleb Milkins Ms. underscore channels. The site not TTV underscore your underscore sins. Selected. Invite. Mortal Kombat 11 Since we used the same game, we heard a familiar sound indicating that our friend has received and accepted the invite. Thank you for watching. We hope you enjoyed the presentation. As you've seen, the PlayStation 5 has significantly upgraded the accessibility as far as the screen reader and other aspects of accessibility over the PlayStation 4. The PlayStation 4 was a little bit more limited as far as the text-to-speech of reading a lot of the menus that made it difficult for blind and visually impaired users to navigate. And uh, I know it's hard to get a hold of a PlayStation 5 nowadays, but I hope in the future you guys will all be able to get one and, and enjoy the uh, accessibility that's on the console. And I'll pass it back to Carlos. Thank you, Dexter, for providing that information for us. So sort of to segue into what it is that the PlayStation 5 can offer in terms of video games, we've sort of been teasing this game throughout our presentation, but also for those of you who are well aware of sort of where how far we've come in the realm of accessibility in video games, you would probably have heard the name The Last of Us 
part two thrown out there once or twice. So essentially, it's one of these games that is console exclusive, and it is the second installation of a series that stands on its own for for its in terms of its player base and and fans. But also one of the biggest draws from the mainstream audience is the fact that it has incorporated just all these different accessibility features. But to tell us a little bit more about that, we're actually going to work together with Alex here to introduce this game and then Gable to sort of summarize and, and share his thoughts afterwards about the game. So without further ado, let's go ahead and pass it right back on over to Alex. Okay, so The Last of Us 2, like Carlos said, it has so many accessibility options that you're going to be overwhelmed when you start the game. You're just going to be looking through the accessibility options like for like an hour. I know I did when I, when I first started the game. It has so many different options. We're going to demonstrate some of them in, in this video. There's a fight with an infected, uh, two parts of puzzle solving, and a boss fight at the very end. So let's check out this video. The following presentation will showcase the leading example of accessibility features recently achieved in mainstream gaming. Special acknowledgements are in order for Brandon Cole, Steve Saylor, and James Rath for being the official blind consultants of accessibility found on The Last of Us Part 2, released on June 19, 2020. Please note that the game offers a plethora of accessibility options for other disabilities in addition to blindness, the purpose of this video will be to showcase accessibility options available to players who are completely blind. Story Progression Immediately, we're introduced to navigation sound cues that will assist throughout our progress. These are navigation waypoints that we're able to reset each time they conclude. The lower pitch indicates that the player must press down on the left joystick or L3 to begin a new waypoint. The higher pitch indicates that the waypoint is over and that the player must reset once again to continue. Military pistol, pistol ammo, equipped, 4, ammo loaded, infinite reserve, craftable, 1, pistol ammo. Listen Mode is another game feature that allows us to scan for items or enemies. As we moved forward, we heard a unique sound that located a nearby item. We found a pistol ammo. Here we come across an Infected, one of the various enemy types found throughout the game. I use the aim assist by holding L2 and pressing R2, taking the enemy in one quick shot. And an extra bullet for good measure, as some of us just love pushing buttons. Stay tuned as we will encounter a much intense combat sequence. Uh, 
Puzzle Solving Part 1. This puzzle may not be accessible for all players. Skip Puzzle is available from the... Using the navigation and item sound cues, here we complete a puzzle that required us to turn on a generator, take a cord, and plug it in to an outlet to generate electricity and open up a gate. Puzzle may not be accessible for all players. We successfully opened the gate the to continue options. with our progress. Menu. Puzzle solving part two. This puzzle may not be accessible for all players. Skip puzzle is available from the options menu. this sequence, we see our character Ellie disconnect the cable, drag it near the generator, and tossing it over the fence. She then retrieves it from the other side, inserting it to the main gate, where we will now open using a code. This puzzle may not be accessible for all players. Skip puzzle is available from the main gate. Password, keypad, 5. Uh, keypad, keypad, 0. Op keypad, 0. Menu. X keypad. Two. Keypad, As the screen reader zero. indicates, you are able to skip these puzzles if you find them difficult or you simply choose to do so. Note that there are resources such as Password. the blind consultants, X button, written input, game guides, circle button, back. and any other fellow blind keypad, player that has two. completed this game. Keypad zero. Keypad zero. Keypad two. Keypad five. Keypad five. Keypad. Two keypad one. Keypad five. Keypad two. Keypad zero. Keypad zero. Keypad two. Keypad five. Keypad five. Keypad two. Keypad one. Keypad one. Keypad two. Yes. Battles. The Last of Us Part 2 is filled with intense and epic battle sequences. Here we are with the character Abby fighting against one of the hardest enemies in the game. A giant mutated monster along with his minion, the Rat King.
Throughout our journey, we will need to collect items that will assist in upgrading our weapons and craft additional weapon parts and items such as pipe bombs, bullets, and medkits. And now it's time to put it all to use. this portion of the battle as we deliver the final blow all right so as we saw sort of the ending there to the battle you certainly do have uh, quite a few features going on there just want to make sure that we have gable on deck so yeah as you can see there's quite a few accessibility um, options um, that we were able to show just in that video alone but uh, as alex said before the video played the last of us has an insane amount of features, uh, over 100 different accessibility features, and that's not hyperbole at all. That's absolutely true. And it's not just catered towards blind people. There is uh, a bunch of different features that can help people with hearing impairments or motor disabilities. And as Alex said, you can kind of feel a little overwhelmed when you first launch the game and start activating those things. Luckily, the developers of The Last of Us Part Two, Naughty Dog, they included various uh, presets. So it, it applies and activates all the various features that could help your particular disability the most, including vision presets, hearing presets, etc. And as you could tell in that video, there's quite a few sound cues. There's many of those as well, quite literally dozens of those from anything from traversal to combat to even like working with horses, I believe. Um, and that's a lot of sounds to memorize, especially when some can start sounding a little bit the same. So there's also included a very extensive audio library in this game where you can go into the pause menu and just listen to all the different sounds individually, along with a description of what this sound means when you encounter it. Some of the uh, blind features that we went over uh, were text-to-speech, um, which help you through the menus and reads gameplay information aloud to you, like when you find ammo or when the game lets you know that a puzzle might be difficult to play or inaccessible uh, to some players. There was also listening mode, which helps highlight various objects and enemies around you with their own various sound cues. Traversal mode, which is a very big deal in this game, that allows you to know when you're supposed to jump, crawl, break through a window, climb a rope. There's different sound cues for all of those. And traversal mode is simplified, so anybody, whether motor stability or uh, sight impairment, they are able to do those. As well as combat mechanics, like auto-aim and lowering the awareness of enemies, 
those are also very helpful. And what I think is very special with The Last of Us is that you can customize the difficulty of the games to your complete liking. Um, maybe you're a pro gamer and you want to play on very hard all the way through. That's fine. Go ahead. But what if you really want to play on hard, but you just really dislike the stealth um, elements of the game? That's okay, too, because you can set everything in the game on very hard, but then set stealth missions in particular to a lower difficulty to tailor that to your experience. So Naughty Dog has done uh, just a phenomenal job out of nowhere, just completely revolutionary, <laughs> revolutionizing uh, gaming accessibility as a whole, which is a very, very exciting thing to be a part of and witness as a, a blind gamer. So uh, Carlos, we'd like to come back now. Absolutely. All right. Gables. Yes. So uh, certainly we do see how there's sort of a trend happening here. A lot of fellow gaming companies are taking note of the of the hubbub that Naughty Dog is receiving about the game and their title. And it goes without saying that a lot of developers and companies are paying attention and are talking about it behind closed doors. And we see kind of manifestations of this in, in, in different ways. Some companies are just outright taking the the bold step really of coming out and saying these are some of the features that we are going to we plan to incorporate in our games some are taking to twitter and saying these are our plans regarding text-to-speech in future uh, games and so just to, to provide a clear example of such a game and such a company we're actually going to go ahead and demonstrate one final video here for you all sort of as a living example of Again, accessibility in progress and, and certainly speaking to the work that's being done by these different gaming companies. And for that, I'm going to go ahead and actually pass it right back on over to Keeble. Thank you, Carlos. Yeah, so I would really like to talk about a game that I've been really enjoying lately. Marvel's Spider-Man Remastered, developed by Insomniac Games. So just a little background on me. Um, I am a very, very big uh, <laughs> Spider-Man fan ever since I was a little kid. So growing up before my vision kind of deteriorated and went away, I played all the games from the GameCube to the, the Xbox 360 to even the, the PlayStation Portable. I was all over it. Any game I could play, I was playing that involved Spider-Man. And so when my vision kind of finished deteriorating, and I was more or less fully blind. I couldn't play those anymore, which was a, a pretty big disappointment, honestly. And so in 2018, Insomniac Games released Marvel's Spider-Man as a PlayStation exclusive for the PlayStation 4. And I was pretty bummed out because that it was like the this is what being hailed as the best Spider-Man game ever, and I couldn't play it. So I didn't really like look too much into it. I didn't watch any of the videos on it except for like maybe the first hour of the game. So I was pretty in the dark about it as a whole and just kind of left out because I was just gonna feel left out if just I couldn't play it. But last year, Insomniac announced that launching with the release of the new PlayStation 5 would be the sequel to Marvel Spider-Man, Marvel's Spider-Man Miles Morales, which follows the original Spider-Man's protege and apprentice Miles Morales as he takes on the mantle. And along with that, the announcement of that, Insomniac announced that if you purchased Miles Morales Ultimate Edition, it would include a remastered version of the original game. And uh, along with that announcement, they tweeted a series of a very large thread on Twitter, including all the new accessibility features that would be included in Miles Morales. And as I learned from a friend of mine who got a, a preview with this game, those were all going to translate as well into the remastered version. 
So these features I'll be explaining to you in this video, we'll be covering Marvel's in the sequel Miles Morales and hopefully in every future title that comes from them as well. So please enjoy. Hello and welcome to my accessibility review of Marvel's Spider-Man Remastered by Insomniac Games, where I'll take you through the various features implemented for both blind and visually impaired gamers. The most important feature of a Spider-Man game is the web swinging, and I think Insomniac Games did a perfect job of making it accessible for blind gamers. You can use a mixture of web swinging, point zip launches, and web zips to navigate quickly and efficiently through New York City. To navigate the city to your next mission, you can click the right stick to implement your waypoint finder, which will play a little tone to navigate you to your next mission. So please enjoy while I navigate the city to New York University to investigate a Halloween party. You know, I really love the web swinging in this game, but it's kind of annoying when you get to the edge of the map and then there's no more buildings to web swing from, so you just kind of fall into New York Bay. But that's not all. Another very important part of playing Spider-Man is taking down bad guys. Spider-Man Remastered has a very creative and flexible combat system, which lends perfectly to accessibility. To close the gap between enemies, press triangle to do a web strike, which will pull you directly to your next opponent without having to freely find them while blind. Press both the L1 and R1 buttons to grab nearby objects and hurl them at your next opponent. But not all combat is done hand-to-hand. -hand. There are many enemies with various firearms to attack you. Listen to clicks, like now, and quickly dodge out of the way by pressing circle. Rapidly tap R1 to web up your opponents, and then hold triangle to throw them. Yay, new guys! I'm sure you do way better than these guys just like you who I wiped the floor with! Here, that business is listed as an importer of computer parts. Huh. I didn't know they'd started making laptops out of guns. So it's an armory? Not for long. I'm about to get some payback for Jeff Davis. Everyone else is killed at City Hall. The beauty of the combat system in Spider-Man Remastered is that you can do whatever you want to do. Whether it's fighting on the ground or in the air, using your fists or gadgets, it's all up to you and what combo you want to do, whether as simple or complex as possible. It's one of the most accessible parts of the entire game in my opinion. Even to the point where I'm able to play on spectacular difficulty, the second highest difficulty in the game with no issues. More of them! Good! I meant to ask you, how do you deal with sneezing in your mask? Big problem for me! Of course, not every issue in this game you can solve with punching. Sometimes you have to take a much more quiet approach. The stealth challenges in this game are not very accessible at all. However, I was able to get this clip of me doing seven silent takedowns in a row, partially completing a stealth challenge inside an enemy base, which helps clear out the bad guys so there's less for me to deal with later. 
Of course, I really like the combat system, so eventually I'll just resort to punching and I'll just do my best to get through the challenge that way. I honestly don't know. Down! But of course, punching and web swinging is only one part of being Spider-Man. The other is saving civilians. There are multiple quick time events in this game where you have to press buttons quickly to pop up on the screen. Unfortunately, because you can't see, they are not accessible. However, this game implements quick time event autocomplete, which presses the buttons for you. Almost got him! Try to fall slower! And like that, we save our civilian. You okay? Yeah, I think so. Good, good. You know, as elevator shafts go, this is pretty nice. Of course, Spider-Man is also a very renowned scientist, so there's many scientific puzzles in this game that you need to complete. Luckily, to avoid the visually complex puzzles, there's a complete button that lets you do it immediately. Of course, where would Spider-Man be without iconic villains? You're sick! Let me help you, Martin! One of the main antagonists in the story mode, Spider-Man dukes it out with Mr. Negative in the New York subway. Use all your skills and tricks learned through playing the game to defeat the opponent. Dodge his negative energy attacks to avoid taking damage, and wait for him to let his guard down. Perform a web strike to get in close, and beat him down until he's incapacitated. I don't want to hurt you! Nothing can hurt me! Not anymore! No breaks, no problem. Mr. Negative is defeated, but people are still in danger as the subway train you're on is on the crash course, prompting another quick time event, which will auto-complete so you don't miss a single button in play. Uh, that totally worked last time. Yuri, they still doing construction on 42nd and 1st? Street's closed for another month. Why? <laughs> Like that, the villain is defeated, the train is stopped, and New York City is safe for another day. Next up, prison. I hope you enjoyed this accessibility walkthrough of Marvel's Spider-Man Remastered. Thank you for watching. You know, I think I'm getting pretty good at this game. I got a lot of practice down with the combat, and I think I'm getting pretty good at it. Oh, I died. Alrighty, so... I hope you enjoyed me being a fool for eight minutes. Um, <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I really wanted to focus on what worked in Spider-Man um, regarding blind accessibility. Um, but there, not everything's perfect. It's nowhere near the level of The Last of Us. Uh, there's still quite a few things that um, are in, in need of improvement. Um, for one, there's a lack of menu narration or accessibility to the menu at all. So, um, kind of navigating the menus and doing all that stuff, that, that's something you have to learn to do by kind of muscle memory and memorization, as I have. And it's sometimes difficult, but 
I do with quite a few other games, so nothing new. Just I hope they improve that in the future. Additionally, the waypoint, as I showed with um, the web swinging, that doesn't work every part of the game. Um, it does for most of the missions, but sometimes it just chooses to, this part of the game will not work for you. So this game was definitely, I needed a lot of sighted assistance from my wife who helped me play through a big chunk of this game. Web swinging and combat are so much fun to do. It kind of helps like the positive side of some of the games being inaccessible completely, like the stealth missions. The waypoint doesn't really work there. And in the case of like the, the, the missions where if you get spotted once, you lose. Those are very difficult to navigate at all while you're blind because there could be enemies anywhere who might catch a side of you. And there's also various missions where you play as popular Spider-Man side characters, Mary Jane Watson and Miles Morales, who do not have powers. So uh, a big part of their missions are typically being stealthy and for the most part, their missions are inaccessible as well because the waypoint finder sometimes doesn't like working for their games either. So there's still quite a bit of improvement that's needed. But otherwise, I'm just so much more concerned with the fact that I'm able to play with a Spider-Man game again, which is an incredible feeling after close to 10 years of not being able to do so. So it kind of helps me look past the negatives, which I think is a moral that a lot of people, um, including the other um, uh, people on our team can experience and relate to, despite the fact that not a game might not be fully accessible or have the uh, the options as varied as Last of Us. If you want to play it, most of the times you can figure out how to play it. As I know, Carlos and Alex, they played many of the Pokemon games, and those don't have any features in them that are accessible. But they learn how to play it because they just enjoy those games and those series. Uh, so with the future of these Spider-Man titles or any other game from Insomniac, I'd be happy to continue learning and hoping that they improve on their end as well. Thank you. All right, Gable, thank you once again for uh, sharing with us here. And with that, that sort of concludes here, definitely uh, concludes our videos for you all. We do have about 20 minutes and we wanna dedicate at least 15 of those 20 minutes to gather uh, your thoughts, as many questions as you might have for the group. It's been a pleasure facilitating for you all and I will continue to do so through the Q&A. So we do have our wonderful host, Terry, here to help us uh, sort of gauge how, any raised hands. If we can go ahead and just have anyone who would like to share or ask a question, raise your hand and Terry will go ahead and call on you. We'd be happy and, to engage. And before you take a question, let me just uh, give out some information. Uh, so the Cento, a little information about the Cento, Cento showdown. So they just wrapped up their second annual Mortal Kombat uh, tournament by Blind players, four blind players, and one of their days it actually got streamed on the main Xbox channel. So that was major uh, blind accessibility awareness for them. And so this call or this presentation is brought to you by the ACB students on Cento Showdown. And also I want to wish a happy birthday to the ACB turning 60 and our friends at the AFB turning 100 uh, years old. And we can go ahead and take questions. Sean, you have permission? I've been thinking for a while on getting, I'm, so just really quick, I'm blind except for light perception. Um, so I've been thinking between the Xbox and the PlayStation because I, I know about their accessibility. I've actually talked to James Rath via YouTube comments. Um, and so I, I definitely know about his channel. But he has demonstrated some games that are for visually impaired individuals, but 
for individuals like myself who are completely blind, what would you suggest going with? What what console like has the most blindness friendly games? Yeah, and as far as like learning how to play, I ha I had a Wii once, and I just learned you know like you were saying muscle memory, learned how to play the Wii Sports and also Super Smash Brothers Brawl and stuff like that. So anyway, th th thanks very much. Absolutely. Yeah. That's, a, that's a really good question. And I would like to just start off, rather than give you a sort of a laundry list, I, we're all, I, I'm happy to sort of share with you kind of what games we collectively play as a group. We, I shared with you that outside of this presentation, we are online friends, all of us here, and we sort of rallied around games like Mortal Kombat that you heard earlier. Uh, some of us sort of pair off and play Killer Instinct in a group and and games like Resident Evil 6 is another popular shooter that we all we've yet to actually get a six, full six player lobby going but uh, that is yet the goal uh, so would always welcome new players to try that game out it has many nicely built in features which we did go over during day one but yeah that I think the, the idea is go, go for games that you would like to try and play or that you have friends who, who play some of these games we are all happy to be as a resource you know and and just troubleshoot individual game titles offline i feel like that's sort of the key moving forward is looking at the what are the uh, sort of the the, the taking everything on a scale and seeing um, how far you can make it in a game just sort of basing it off on 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 your experience and on other players' experience and sort of guiding your decisions from there. All of us do happen to uh, stream, and I do really want to quickly plug each one of our streams if we can just go round robin really quickly just so that everybody has a chance to share. I know that Dexter shared at the beginning, but I'd like to get people out there once more before we get the next question. So really fast um, here. I am on Twitter, and you can find me at Captain underscore Earshot. And Baron or Alex, where can people find and learn a little bit more about you? I'm at uh, TwinBlade99 on Twitter. And thank you, Gable. Where can people learn a little bit more about what you do? You can find me at BlindSightBlue, B-L-I-N-D-S-I-G-H-T-B-L-U-E. You can find me on Twitter, Twitch, Xbox, and PlayStation under that name. And I'd be happy to talk with anybody. And I stream games like Spider-Man and Mortal Kombat, Injustice, and some other titles. Thank you. And then Dexter, can you please go ahead and share once more where can people learn more about you? You can find me on Twitter at your underscore sins and on twitch.tv forward slash your sins all one word excellent all right yes yeah, so hopefully you're able to just uh take a little bit from each one of our experiences and again there are many others out there uh willing to share and um just give you their two cents um thank you for your question can we go ahead and uh have another one sure lisa hi um are there any um, are there any turn-based RPG games that you would recommend that are accessible either for Xbox or PlayStation or in some other platform? So or not quite yet. Yeah. So what what are, is there a particular game or series that you're interested in? What what are some of the? I used. To, uh, I mean, this is you know I'm dating myself here, but. Um, I used to play uh, Final Fantasy and Dragon World with my sighted friends, so I tend to like uh, fantasy or vampire occult uh, type uh, turn um, type R um, RPGs. I think it would be really cool if I could play World of Warcraft, but that's really visual. 
Right. No, yeah, those are definitely popular titles just, um, you know, and, and hopefully titles that uh, continue to implement some of these features we've sort of highlighted here. I know that all of our group here, we do have a few folks who do RPG-based gameplay. I'm happy to pitch it to Gable to see if he can share a little bit about his his experience with working with, with uh, RPG roles and, and just what that experience is like. And if anybody after Gable wants to jump in, please go ahead and do so. Thank you so much. Yes. Yeah. And I think, Lisa, you were at our presentation in April. I remember you were the one who played Final Fantasy. So thank you for joining us again. Let's see. Well, I know a main turn-based game would be Pokemon, which uh, Carlos and Alex have much more experience with than I do. But uh, I, I, I've been looking for one. <laughs> uh, I would really like to play an RPG game. I think the Diablo 2, that one has some, that's getting a remaster or some kind of re-release soon. And that should have some new blind uh, features as well. I'm not sure if that's turn-based, but it is an RPG. There's some more RPG games, like Sea of Thieves, which is a pirate-based game. A friend of mine plays that quite extensively. That has, it's, I would say, to the level like Spider-Man, it's more of like the half-accessible range. And then, oh, I, I don't know his name, but I know for a fact there is a blind gamer somewhere out there who's kind of known for playing World of Warcraft blind. So maybe like doing a little bit of a YouTube or Google search on that one, that could probably find you some results. I don't know. The Kefis. The Kefis. Can you say that again for them? The Kefis. Yeah, so he's K-E-P-H-A-S. The, yeah, so he's the, the blind World of Warcraft player. So um, maybe looking into how, what he does to circumvent the uh, accessibility issues in that game would be a good start as well. All right. Thank you for your question, Lisa. Can we get another question? Jane? So then, uh, quick questions, I guess. Uh, one being, how receptive to like are these companies with accessibility? I guess in terms of, I don't know which. Then it depends on the platform, right? And then when purchasing um, these games, do companies do they tell you which platform? It, hopefully, right? Which because these games aren't cheap, so. How do you then make sure, you know, you're buying the right game for the right platform? Because it looks like it's not uniform, right? This is platform-based, so. Yeah, that's, those are two really good points, questions that you're making, Jane. So to address the first one, I think that you're looking definitely at sort of changes in best practices along the over the years and, and, and many, many just instances of collaboration that it takes to make accessibility happen. So as you sort of heard in our The Last of Us Part 2 demonstration, there are real live blind folks, surprise, surprise out there, who took part in this project. And they were told, please don't share with the world. Uh, you're doing something great for the greater good of the gaming community. And so a lot of it is just networking. I feel like a, a lot of it is chance to just trying to get people involved. And, and this is part of that effort, right? Giving everybody sort of the know-how to, to put their ideas out there to make themselves known as a consumer so that companies are reaching out and knowing that there is a, a an, an audience for all of this. So that's sort of hopefully that addresses your first question. And the second question, you are right. Uh, there is a very uh, important sort of 
a commitment, a financial commitment that people are making when considering to buy one of these consoles. They are not cheap, as you, as you said, none of them. And and um, sort of to, to work around those, those things. So companies are, again, implementing a variety of things. And again, full disclosure, none of us are game developers or work for any of these companies. We're all just coming at it from a consumer standpoint as well. So when I, when I share some of these options with you, I, these are things I consider myself. So for example, we have the Game Pass Ultimate on Xbox that allows you uh, for a dollar a month to try out many different titles that may or may not be uh, accessible. But again, you don't, you're not paying the full retail price for any of these games for you to download them if you already own an Xbox console, as well as PlayStation, I believe, uh, implements something similarly in their library, in their game library, where you can, um, they, they release a, a, a certain amount of titles that you can go through and try out. Um, I believe Nintendo has their eShop, which releases updated versions of their games as well. But all of these different options make it so that you're hopefully looking into games that you like, hopefully they're available, uh, or just trying out something new for that matter and seeing sort of what's out there in the, in the gaming sort of archive already and then trying, trying something out for yourself that way. So uh, if, if anyone wants to add anything else really quickly, otherwise we can take another question. Debbie? Hi. Um, first of all, I'm not a gamer, but I, I saw this in the line of obsessions and I thought, well, that looks interesting. I'll attend. And so I'm um, the games you played and the, oh my gosh, that sounded so awesome. I'm like, I might want to try that. <laughs> but my question is, do any of the controllers that you guys use utilize haptic feedback in order to give you guys information about what you need to do, like what, you know, direction you need to turn do you need to jump crawl whatever you know i'm just curious about that yeah that's a really good question actually we do have uh, a couple of folks here on the team that own ps5 playstation 5s who could speak more to that experience so i will go ahead and actually pass it on over to alex to share a little bit about that yeah only the ps5 has that but unfortunately none of the games i play have it implemented yet i think only the the newer games of the ps5 like the actual PS5 versions have it, like, uh, I think Returnal has it, but unfortunately we can't play that one. It's not accessible. I thought Spider-Man had it, but maybe not. I'm not sure about that one. Maybe Abel can answer that. Yeah. Um, are you are you done? Or, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm done, yeah. Okay, yeah. Spider-Man definitely has uh, taken advantage of uh, the new control of the DualSense haptic feedback. So there, there's all kinds of nice little features with it. As soon as you launch a web and you're swinging from a building, you hear a, a different intensity of vibration to the controller as you kind of put your weight on the web and as you're swinging. And when you jump off the web and you start plummeting, um, your controller very subtly vibrates as the wind kind of rushes into the, the headset of the, or the ears of the headset. When you take damage, it vibrates. And one very cool accessibility feature that I didn't get to cover is that um, in Remastered, there's a, there's a bunch of collectibles throughout the city that are little backpacks that contain little memorabilia of Spider-Man's past. And you could, there's a little audio tone that kind of beeps when you're near it, but also when you get closer to it, a little vibration, the controller gets more and more intense as the closer you, the closer you get to it. So we kind of like gauge, if you can't hear it because the city's too loud, you can, you can feel how close you are to the backpack by how fast your controller is vibrating. And there's, a, there's even more. It's like the, 
the the, the controller is like kind of speaking in tandem with a lot of the features. It's it's noticeable in Spider-Man Remastered, but it's absolutely insane in Spider-Man Miles Morales, which is the sequel that was tailored specifically for the PlayStation 5. Awesome. Okay, I do want to do a quick time check. So we are at five minutes. We can hopefully try to answer two or three more quick questions if there are any. Gretchen? Don't want to take up a lot of time, but first of all, thanks so much for doing this. I uh, was a huge gamer and then I suddenly went blind at 24 and I miss playing games a lot. So you guys are inspiring me to try again. What I wanted to ask is... um, the consoles I played the most when I used to game was uh, Nintendo, and you all talked a lot about Xbox and PlayStation, and I wondered if you could mention how good or not good or whatever Nintendo is doing with accessibility. Thank you. That's a really good question, Gretchen. And I, I will say that I, too, grew up playing the uh, Nintendo. My first console was a Nintendo console, the Nintendo 64. Awesome. And that was just a, a great experience, sort of my first. I'm completely blind, um, so that was sort of my first real-world uh, exposure to just knowing that gaming was even a possibility. So to that point, in terms of games, we, we sort of talked about Pokemon and how it sort of implements the handheld versions of the game. So... Uh, I believe we're out to sword and shield now, shield and sword. So those are, they sort of are following the, the active formula of like grid style gameplay where you're, if you're, if we're using sort of cane terminology here, you're sort of touching and dragging as you, as you walk the maps, because there is uh, different sounds that play as you bump or as you exit areas. And um, they, it's got, it's gotten even better with like the, um, the uh, introduction of things like um, environmental sound cues and, and, and such. But uh, that's just one game that a few of us have played. Um, I know that Alex here, uh, he owns the Nintendo Switch, if you want to share anything quickly about um, uh, accessibility on it. Yeah, unfortunately, it's not that accessible. You just have to memorize everything, where everything is. And the only, the only game you can play right now that is kind of accessible is Pokemon Sword and Shield. It's the only one you can maybe play like fully you'll need help on some of the gym puzzles but that's uh that's about it like everything else it's all down to memory you can memorize all the cries all the attacks all the stuff and I, actually, I yeah go ahead there's actually a little bit of amendment to that um pokemon is one of the options there's also a few others the games we talked about on our saturday presentation resident evil 6 and Mortal Kombat 11 are both available on the switch as well as animal crossing new horizons and Hades, which are both kind of the more of the half accessible games, but I know blind people who have completely played through both Animal Crossing and Hades using various methods. But yeah, unfortunately, there's no screen reader or anything for the console as a whole, but there are some options, just maybe not as um, many as Xbox or PlayStation. Thank you both for, uh, yeah, just providing more information. Unfortunately, we are reaching the end here, and I do want to take a, just a minute to sort of summarize and, and, and go over some takeaways that for all of us to walk away with from all this. So we've talked about the power of having options. Definitely more options is better, and we can all agree that developers are always looking to make these changes uh, as, as, um, as we've sort of experienced them all here together. And so 
getting involved and, and asking your questions is definitely a big, just a big uh, contributor to all of that. The second thing is making sure, again, that we work with what we have to, uh, while we wait and while we uh, contribute toward the future. And that is, again, sort of what we're doing here. We're asking each other these questions. We're hopefully taking to the internet afterwards and, and just locating these resources. And to that point, we do have a Blind Gamers Discord channel, which you can all join. Um, just ask your questions. We're working on branching out. A lot of the talk in there right now is all about fighting games. And, and uh, the idea is just to find, you know, a centralized point where people can just click with somebody, talk a little bit about what's their uh, sort of their, their main um, liking. And so again, just you can, you can find us on Twitter. That's at Cento Showdown, all one word spelled S-E-N-T-O-S-H-O-W-D-O-W-N. And there will be a pinned tweet to our Discord, which again, we welcome all players from all walks of life. And certainly it's been a privilege. I speak for everybody here to say that, uh, and uh, just a pleasure to be a part of this outreach effort. And we hope that it was beneficial to you as well. Thank you to the ACB team and ACB students for allowing us to be uh, here with you all today. Yeah, thanks guys. About the code uh, real fast. The CEP code yes. is 54522. Once again, that's 54522. Thank you guys for the center showdown and everybody that came out. Big shout out to my own team, the students. Uh, mainly to the center of the show now. Go ACB. Thank you, everybody, for coming. Yes, thank you.